Welcome to From the Ground Up, insights into crop production productivity from Salford's agronomy expert, Jim Boak. Good morning. Today is Monday, December 12th, and today we have a brief part two of our double crop episode with Henry Denotter. So you're approximately, you're sitting 15 kilometers from the lake for, from where we sit here right now? About five. Oh, just about five kilometers from the lake. So cover crops and doing everything right, managing your water, buffer strips are important, but all this costs money. So where does double crop fit into that? What role do you see cover crop playing down, down this part of the world, keeping phosphorus and nitrates out of the lake? Well, I think the cover crop's not going to show up the first year. It may not show up the second year, but you never know what's going on. And this year, too, this was an excellent year to grow cover crop. And it also makes you look at some different avenues. So this year, our cover crop inventory included a, a field of buckwheat, 100 acres of uh, different variety mixes of oats and radish and beans and so forth. And you wonder, are they going to do anything? Well, the buckwheat, we ended up harvesting because it, it picked up really well. So we've got a lifetime supply of buckwheat seed for uh, future cover crops, for sure because it did quite well. We're looking at about seven, 800 pounds to the acre. We were fortunate enough to have a bin to throw that in. So we've got that to sit on. And all our other covers, it's amazing top growth. So we ended up giving some to a local dairy farmer. They cut it. And I really, I wasn't interested in the return. I wanted to see how much I actually had there. And we ended up with 3.6 tons of organic matter on top that they took off. And if, if you use the, most of the ratios, we figure it leaves at least about a ton and a half to two ton in the soil. So now we've got that there to work with, and we've got some bare ground to work with on top. I'm a little apprehensive when you do get such a super growth, what to do with that in the, in the spring, because we are on brooks and clay, which is a tough soil. It uh, holds water for a long period of time. It needs the sunlight to dry it out to get it in shape in the spring. So there's income opportunities especially in livestock community then when you can when you can harvest that excess growth and I guess the other thing to think about there is you've got three ton or three and a half ton up on top and you've probably got an equal amount in the stubble and in the root system that's a pretty big grocery store to feed the microorganisms in the soil over the winter and and in the early spring and a good way to retain the soil as well so you're, you're planting and keeping the soil covered all the time and keeping the nitrates tied up and the phosphorus and other elements tied up so that they don't have to get the lake. And so, you know, I see that combination of things of that kind of effort Henry's making it pay and also setting an example for, for how we can do things better in terms of minimizing agriculture's impact on the environment. And I dare say that we're looking at an example of regeneration agriculture where we're making a positive impact on the environment and not leaving, per se, a, a negative footprint. you gotta, you got to remember now, we are stuck on a three-crop cycle here, basically. And there's a lot of people in the area that are on a two-crop cycle that just want to go wheat and soybeans. And with this addition of some different crops and different cover crops growing, we've expanded. We can almost say we're in a six-crop cycle. And the variety definitely is going to help in the, in the mix. And there's going to be times uh, where you say, you know, this really didn't work. I'm never going to do that again. You know, I can remember one year where we uh, we never touched the wheat fields at all, and there was lots of straw on top. They stayed wet. We couldn't get anything planted with them. We would normally at that time would work them, so we just we just left them. 
just left them alone, and we were able to plant in the spring. And, uh, you know, for years, everybody says, well, you got to work those wheat fields down. You can't go and plant in a wheat field in the spring. Well, you know, we did. We just had to change our practice. Instead of planting corn after wheat, which would be normal, we planted soybeans. And those soybeans did extremely well. Yes, it really threw our whole cycle into a bit of a turmoil. But, you know, we just corrected it and, and moved on. So now I can see that we've got some different crops we can throw in there. And then we can plant buckwheat. We can plant buckwheat into late August. So if it never flowers, it's definitely going to help the soil. If we get it in early, we can reclaim some seed, possibly do something with that. And I'm even excited this year. We like to throw sunflowers and a little bit of leftover corn in our cover crops. It just gives a little bit of color. It kind of gives you an idea what the nitrogen levels are, because if your corn does well, your field's a lot healthier than if you've got a real ugly corn plant standing there. This year, I know we could have combined the sunflowers if there would have been enough to make it worthwhile. And there's a market for that. And we would have left all the other cover crop there, and it would have all died over the winter, and we could have planted that in the spring. So you have to look at the, at that. And all these little little perks, yep, adds a few more dollars to the coffer. So it's almost like we're looking at, you know, a whole new way of thinking, stepping back and seeing opportunities in a different light than we did in the past. I've seen that field of sunflowers, and it had some radish in there and some corn in there, and, and yeah, the sunflowers did mature. So there we have an example of, of being able to take off a crop of wheat, put in a cover crop, harvesting part of that cover crop, and leaving two other species there to protect the soil. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed part two. You can stay up to date with Selford on Twitter at Selford Group and on Facebook, same thing, Selford Group. From the Ground Up was brought to you by Selford Group, manufacturers of Airway, BBI, Valmar, and Selford tillage, seeding, and application equipment. For more information on Selford Group, go to selfordgroup.com or call 1-866-442-1293.